SAFM 104 to 107 Well, let's talk electricity for a moment. The Climate Justice Coalition, representing a network of organizations, writing an open letter to the Electricity Minister, Dr. Jose Enzo Romacopa, calling on him not to allow any more generating capacity to come from fossil fuels or from nuclear. They say the systems to use renewable energy are available now and that to use any more coal or nuclear power or car power ships using gas, they suggest would taint his name forever. As you know, the Northern Hemisphere has seen huge heat waves this year and the global average temperature has risen significantly. Dr. Alex Linferner is a postdoctoral research fellow at Nelson Mandela University and a general secretary and co-founder of the Climate Justice Coalition. Dr. Linferner, good morning. Morning, Stephen. Morning to your listeners. You say that we should not use any more fossil fuels, so no more coal-fired power plants, no new nuclear. Why do you believe we would survive without those things? Well, it's not a question of not using any fossil fuels, but it's a question of what makes sense for investing in new generation, right? And when it comes to new generation, what's clear is that um, technologies like solar and wind and storage are the cheapest, they're the most affordable, the quickest to bring online, which is vitally important when tackling load shedding. Um, And also they're the least polluting. And so on all those different fronts, it just makes a lot more sense Um, Whereas things like coal are very expensive to build, they take, as we've seen with some of our other coal plants, over a decade at times, and they're incredibly polluting. And so it's just a question of investing in the technologies that can best deliver our energy in the end. So, I mean, I understand those arguments, but isn't the problem storage? And battery storage isn't quite where we need it to be. So solar may be, although um, I think you need about three times as much solar capacity as you would coal capacity because of the way things work sort of the same for wind okay we could do that but there are times when the sun don't shine and the wind don't blow um so doesn't that make storage the big problem here yeah so storage is a very important part of the the picture and storage technologies are advancing at a rapid rate um and the thing is we have many other countries across the world that have much much higher rates of renewable energy penetration and so the storage problem becomes a much more significant issue once we get to very high levels of penetration. But as things currently stand, South Africa's got a woefully low um, renewable energy penetration level, and we've got massive amounts of coal, which can act as baseload as we make the transition, and as storage technologies and grid technologies, which can complement renewables, become more mature and are more invested in within our um, within our grid. And so that's a problem for you know maybe 10, 15 years down the line. Um, but as things stand, we do have, I mean, we have one of the highest coal penetrations in the world in our grid. So it's, we're not at a level where, you know, we have such high renewables that storage becomes as big of a problem as it is. And there's many countries with much, much higher levels of renewable penetration that are, have much more reliable grids than we do. The real problem at the moment, as I understand it, may not be policy, but is actually grid access. Um, and yeah. it gets very complicated, gets very technical very quickly. But until we sort yeah. out grid access, it almost doesn't matter what we yeah. do. And that's a massive investment. Yeah, so we desperately need to invest in extending our transmission grids, update, upgrading the grid. Um, and so that's a big issue. Um, but the problem is, you know, for example, we have the PowerShips program, which is mired in corruption scandals. It's going to cost us three times more than renewables would. And they're hogging grid access for car power ships to try push that through. And I think this speaks to the vested interests that are trying to push through, you know, these solutions that are going to make us, 
you know, poorer make our energy more expensive to benefit a few. And they're hogging grid access in order to, to try and push those things through. So there is grid access available. And in part of our letter to the, to the Minister of Electricity, you know, he's talking about, you know, investing to try to keep these old coal plants alive for, you know, another 20 years beyond what they commercially should be because many of them are reaching retirement age and that will also be hogging a lot of grid access that could be used to invest in more affordable and cleaner and renewable energy generation and so there is grid access that we can use but if we're going to be hogging that to push through these polluting projects, then we're misallocating that the very precious grid resources that we need to use. Uh, you may be correct on the grid access with car power ships, but I mean, there were claims of corruption made in court and the people who made those claims are lost, as I understand it. So I don't know how much of an issue that is at the moment. Do you think the electricity minister is listening to you, particularly when it seems that there might be some evidence of a policy division in government over this? Yeah, so this is a really tricky one. Um, so this is part of the reason why we actually protested the minister's talk last week Friday at the University of Pretoria, because he hasn't been listening. Um, and I mean, we, we have reports from some of the folks that we know that uh, actually one of the advisors very close to the minister is tied into the coal lobby and has been feeding him misinformation on things like the Kamati um, coal power station closure, which he's been spreading all sorts of bad information about. And um, which is really problematic to have a minister misinformed and sort of wedded to the coal lobby with through his advisors. Um, and so we do have a meeting with the minister next week um, following the protest that we had with him. So we are going to raise these issues with him again, but we are worried that these vested interests are getting to the minister and driving how he's making these decisions. Dr. Alex Lynn Furnip, thank you, General Secretary and co-founder of the Climate Justice Coalition.